you have your Bibles this morning, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the Scripture uh, this morning. Be in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Begin at verse number 1, Luke 24 and verse number 1 this morning. Give you just a few moments. Okay. And the Bible says in Luke 24, in verse day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you, when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the, to the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulchre, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Our Heavenly Father, I ask you just one more time, Father, to, uh, to bless the reading of your scripture. Uh, Lord, I am asking you today, God, to fill me with your spirit. Father, I pray that you'd give me the words to say. I pray, God, that you'd preach through us, Lord, by the power of the, uh, of the Holy Ghost. And, Lord, I just ask you today, God, that you'd have your way this uh, morning. And, Father, we'll be forever grateful. And, Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. The title of my sermon this morning is, He is Not Here. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm bringing my text from uh, verse number 6, where the, the angels told those that were coming very early in the morning, to the tomb to anoint the body of Christ, the disciples or the angels of the Lord told them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Can you imagine what their hearts felt uh, when they came to, to the place of where they laid Jesus uh, at the in the tomb and come to find out somebody's taken away the Lord? Somebody uh, has stolen the body of Christ. Somebody uh, has has taken away the one that they have walked for for years with, and and, and walked months with, and and ate at the table with, and washed his feet with her hair, and and, and or, or washed her feet with with uh, her tears, and dried them with her hair, and and these women they they had been around Christ, and and, and they've grown to love this man because of the things that he had done for them, and and the miracles that they had seen him perform, and. And now they come to his burial place, and he's not there, and he's gone. I wonder this morning, perhaps their hearts were grieved and, and saddened, but soon it would turn to joy. Very soon it would turn to joy and worship 
couple things I want to talk to you about uh, on why he, he was not there. Now, we know that nobody stole away his body. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea didn't come and, and take the body of Christ and take him to another place. Uh, we know that. We know that that, uh, that stone, it was a great stone over the entering of the tomb, and, and no man could physically move it. But the Bible says, I believe it's in Matthew, that the angels of the Lord came and rolled the stone away. And so we know there was a great earthquake that morning, uh, just as it was uh, the day that he was crucified. There's earthquakes uh, during that darkness while Christ was hanging on the cross. But this, this day was different. It wasn't because of the sin that Jesus bore upon the cross, not his own sin, but the sins of the whole world. That's why the darkness fell upon the face of the earth. That's why the earthquakes came and the earth trembled. Uh, but uh, this day, it was different. Uh, now, we know that he's been in the tomb uh, three days. Uh, I believe that Christ was crucified on a Thursday, making it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three days, uh, because on the third day, he shall rise again, fulfilling the scripture. But I want us to think about something. Why? Why? Was Christ not there? I don't believe he was there on Friday and Saturday either, for we know that his spirit, his body may have physically been there, but his spirit was working on our behalf. Uh, in Revelation chapter 1, verses 7 through 8, this is my first point. This is the first reason why Christ wasn't there. He conquered death and hell for us, promising us that we too could rise again after our death. In Revelation 1, uh, 7 and 8, it says this, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all, all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, amen. Verse number 8 says this, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come. And I forgot to go to verse number 9, but verse number 9 says this. That ain't, that ain't right. All right, verse 18. It says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. That's what Jesus told John. This is John, John, uh, uh, he was John the Beloved, but some people call him John the Revelator because of his revelations that, that he's seen and was inspired by the Lord Jesus Christ. But in verse 18, we see Jesus told him, he said, I am alive forevermore, and I hold, I have the keys of hell and of death. He conquered the grave for us at defeating death and hell um, on Friday and Saturday while his body was laid in a tomb, uh, the, the inner man, the, the, the Godhead of that body. See, we believe, I believe that Jesus Christ was 100% God and he was 100% man. The 100% man side of him was dead, but the 100% God side of him was fighting on our behalf, taking the keys of death and hell from Satan himself in the pit of hell, taking them away, uh, promising to those that would believe in him and believing on the resurrection of our Lord that if we die 
in Christ, we also shall live in Christ with him for all eternity. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says this. Verse 7 uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Says after that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. I'm sorry, I misread my my scripture this morning. Fifteen one through uh, one through eight is where I meant to read. I'm sorry about that. Moreover, brethren, I I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and where ye stand. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried. He really died. And they really buried his body. And that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. He really is alive today. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as a one born out of due time. So we see here how that, that the apostle Paul is writing to the church of Corinth, and he is affirming the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll get later on into verses. Uh, 16 through 26. But I want to understand that, that Paul could have written this scripture unless it had really happened. Because there's no lie in the Word of God. He's not going to just uh, uh, tell a story of what happened, but he's going to write down facts. And I believe that the reason that Apostle Paul wrote down, and last of all, he was seen to me also as one born out of due time, is because on the road of Damascus, uh, uh, on the road uh, of Damascus where uh, Paul was, uh, where Saul of Tarsus was uh, named Paul, Jesus came to him, he blinded his eyes, and he fell on his knees, and the great light from heaven, that was the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul seen, and Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, who is it, Lord? Ain't that amazing? Saul, a sinner. He already knew who it was. It was the man that he had been persecuting all those years, persecuting the churches for, for, for preaching the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now this man that, that Saul was trying to persecute has just put scales over his eyes and asked, why persecutest thou me? And now, uh, later on in First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, uh, I believe it is, uh, we see that, or Acts chapter 9, I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 9 where uh, Saul is converted, we see that he uh, is commanded by the Lord to go and to preach to the Gentile nations. And, and he does that, and he becomes one of the greatest apostles to ever live. He wrote about 13 chapter, 13 books of the Bible in the New Testament, and, and God used Paul in a mighty way because he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He believed that he really died and he was really buried and, and that he really conquered death and hell 
but he also knew throughout his life that he really lived and that Jesus was alive throughout the entirety of Paul's ministry until the day that he died. And then his faith became sight and he got to see the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's our hope this morning is that one day after this race is run, after we close our eyes in death, if the, if the rapture tarries, uh, that our faith will then become sight and we will see Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, for eternity and for everlasting life. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 16 through 26, it says this, For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in, for, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Thanks be unto God this morning that he has conquered death for us. I'm glad that I don't have to, I may have to physically face death, but spiritually I thank God that I'll never have to taste eternal death and eternal damnation because of what Jesus did for us at Calvary. He conquered death so that we might have life. He, he died physically so that our physical bodies one day could put on immortality and incorruption and be a glorified body uh, that we might live forever uh, in a place called heaven. In verses 42 of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42, it says this, so also is the re resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in corruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. I want to hold, hold just right there for a moment. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's that last Adam who was made a quickening spirit. It, was, it means to be made alive. Jesus Christ, he was quickened from the Father in that tomb. And he was brought forth uh, shining in glory. Uh, and he was made that quickening spirit. He was made alive so that we too, if we would believe on him, and accept his salvation that we as well could be made a quickening spirit. Verse 46 says, Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as, and as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. 
Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump of God, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Praise God this morning. I feel him this morning. Uh, and listen, you might say, well, Ben, you're reading a lot of scripture this morning. Well, I, I think that the word of God has stood the test of time, and I believe I'll just let the word of God do the preaching this morning. Uh, it, it don't do you any good if I give you my ideas or my, my beliefs or my theology. I think I'll just give you what the word of God says. Uh, and so in verse 53, uh, uh, where I left off, it says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Christ, he conquered death and hell. And in verse 55 it says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Amen. Hallelujah. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who came in the name of the Lord. Thank God he rolled in on a donkey. But thank God he rose, shine like the sun. He arose from a dark and cold tomb, and he went and ascended unto the Father to present himself as the sacrifice, as the atonement for our sin. He redeemed us from a price that we could never pay within our own self. Redemption means to be bought with a price, and Jesus paid the ultimate debt to purchase us from our sin and to purchase us from eternal damnation so that we wouldn't have to taste that awful place called hell. And secondly, this morning, I want to tell you why he wasn't there. His angels rolled that stone away. No man, like I said in, in the opening statement, no man uh, rolled that stone away. The guards couldn't move it. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea couldn't move it. Um, but praise God, the angels of heaven. Uh, I, and the Bible doesn't say their names, but I'm kind of imagining uh, that it might have been the archangel Michael and the archangel Gabriel. They came and teamed up and praise God they rolled that stone away that Christ, he could arise from the dead on that third and glorious morning. Pilate commanded his guards to keep watch to make sure the disciples didn't take away the body of Christ uh, to some other place and then proclaim that he had risen. You can find that in Matthew chapter 27. <clears throat> Let me make sure that my scripture reference is correct. This morning. Yes, verse 64 of Matthew 27, it says, Command therefore that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say to the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way, make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Matthew 28 and verse 4 says, And for fear of him that the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Praise the Lord this morning. His angels 
not only rolled that stone away, but they took care of the guards. And now the disciples, they didn't have to worry about a lie, but when Mary Magdalene went and told Peter and James and John and the other disciples that he is not here, he is risen, they could go forth proclaiming truth because their Lord had not been taken away, but in fact was raised from the dead by God the Father. Verse 6 of Matthew 28, it says, For he is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. They wanted other people. The, the angels were, were begging them to come and look into the tomb and see the blood that was on that, on that place where he laid and, and see the linen clothes laying where he had, had, where he had been at. But, but I think most importantly, in John, you can find it, uh, but I won't go there this morning. In John chapter 20, you can find where it says that and the napkin was folded and in its place. I think that was probably one of the most important things the angels wanted them to see because in their day, in their custom, you have to understand that when the master of the house would come and dine, after he was finished with his meal, he would set his silverware in a certain place and if he enjoyed the meal, if he enjoyed the hospitality, he would then fold his napkin and lay it in its place where it signified, thank you for this service, I'll be back. I'll be back. But if that master arose from supper and wadded his napkin up and just threw it on the, on the table, it meant he wouldn't return. He, he didn't enjoy it. He, he would not be back. But Jesus, he folded the napkin that was about his head, and he laid it in the place, signifying, I'm not here, but I'm coming back. I'm not here, but I'm coming back. Hallelujah this morning. He's not here, but he is coming back. He didn't stay dead. Hallelujah. He is coming back, and he's coming back on a white horse in judgment, and he's going to judge this world in righteousness. But thank God if we're sealed by the blood of Christ, we too can reign with Him. Warren Wiersbe said, It is no surprise then that Satan has attacked the truth of the resurrection. The first lie that was told came from the chief priests and councils that the disciples were making it up and that they had really stolen Jesus' body from the tomb. The second lie was that Jesus didn't really die on the cross, that He only swooned, and then once placed in the cool tomb, he revived. Now that word, uh, it caught me off guard. That he only swooned, it means that he fainted from extreme emotion. His body, now we understand the extremity uh, of his crucifixion, and we understand that the, his extremities were, were uh, poured blood, and, and his body and his bones were dislocated, and and all this, but thank God he didn't just faint. Because if he had fainted, our faith would be in vain. That's what First Corinthians said. If he hadn't have died, if he hadn't have resurrected from the grave, our faith would have been in vain and would still be in our sins. But he didn't faint under extreme emotion. He really died because he gave up the ghost. John 20, 
I'll read this to you. It says then, in verse 6, Then comes Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and set the linen clothes lying. And a napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went and also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the, the disciples went away again unto their own home. <laughs> Praise the Lord this morning. I'm glad that he came forth out of that tomb. I've got some evidence. That's my last point. I'm going to teach on uh, the reason why he wasn't in that tomb. He's not here because. <coughs> Number one, he conquered death and hell. Number two, his angels rolled the stone away. And number three, lastly this morning, he visited with his people for 40 days. He wanted to bring facts to them. He wanted to show them that it was true, that the prophecy had been fulfilled, that he would die, that he would suffer in the hands of sinful men, that he would die and that he would be buried. But on that third and glorious day, he would arise and that stone would be rolled away and he would come forth out of that grave. In John chapter 20, verse 11, it says, But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. Now Mary Magdalene, she's one that Jesus cast out demons out of. But uh, <clears throat> Mary the mother, she's there looking for her baby boy. She's there looking for her son. Listen, I can't imagine what it's like uh, uh, to, to be a... a to even lose a parent, much less lose, a, lose a, a child of your own. She knew that it was to come to pass. She knew that's why God chosen her from, from Jesus' birth. That's why he chose her as a virgin, uh, because she found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But as a earthly mother, she fell in love with this sweet, sweet child who taught in the synagogues at age, age 12 and and dumbfounded the doctors and the physicians and, and the astrologers and all this because of all the word of God that he knew at such a young age. He said he'd feed 5,000 with, two, two, uh, uh, with five loaves and two fish. She's seen him heal a, a, a lame man at the pool of Bethesda that had been lame for 38 years. She's seen him spit on the ground and, and anoint a man's eyes with clay. And, and when he went and washed in the, in the river of Siloam, he became sin. She seen uh, her son do all these mighty miracles of God, but now he's dead. And now she'll never see him do these things again. But now she's looking for where he laid now she's bringing spices and ointments and wanting to anoint the body of Christ, her baby boy. Wanting to hold him in, his, in her arms one last time before saying goodbye. 
but she can't find him because the stone's already gone and his body's not there. Verse uh, 14, it says, And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposed him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said un saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rab on I, which is to say, Master. Master. And Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father, and to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. I'm thankful this morning that Jesus knows my name. I'm glad. Listen, there was a bunch of Marys there at that tomb that day. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary, the, uh, Mary Magdalene, there was a, a, another Mary there. I know there was at least three, um, but can you imagine? He knew every one of them. He didn't have to call them by their last name. He knew exactly who they were. I know that there's probably several other Benjamin Brewers in the world today, but I'm glad the Lord knows my name. My name. He knows every hair upon my head, and I thank God for that. In Acts chapter 1, I want to read to you where, now this is after uh, he had been uh, uh, alive and he, he is roaming uh, uh, the earth, preaching and telling them of the things that were to come, uh, and he was fixing to ascend. And in verse number 1 of Acts 11, it says, The former trinities have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he threw the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles, whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he saith unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and she, ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Reckon it was the same men that was there at the tomb that day, sitting at the feet of Jesus and sitting at the uh, the head of where he laid. Reckon that's the two angels that was there that day. I kind of think it was. I believe it. I, I still, to this day, believe it was Michael and uh, Gabriel, the archangels. But listen what they had to say, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, 
Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Praise the Lord this morning. I'm glad he's coming back. I'm glad that I don't have to wonder uh, where my God is or if my God is dead. I'm glad that I'm not praying to a dead God this morning. But I thank God I'm uh, praying to a God who is alive forevermore and he hears the prayers of his saints. I thank God for that. Warren Mearsby said the message of the gospel rests on the death of Jesus and his resurrection. Apostle Luke gave many descriptions of who Jesus showed himself to during his 40 days after death in the book of Luke and in the book of Acts. We know that St. Luke is the author of uh, the book of Acts. So I'm going to tell you who Jesus showed himself to. First of all, I read it in John chapter 20. He showed himself first to Mary Magdalene there at the tomb. He told her to weep not. Then he showed himself to other women in Matthew 28 verses 9 through 10. That's the other women who came to anoint his body. He revealed himself to them. And then in Luke chapter 24 verses 13 through 22, he revealed himself to two men on the road to Emmaus. And they were weeping and they were sad and they were discouraged. And he asked them, what's going on? Why are, why are you perplexed? Why are you saddened and discouraged? And they said, are you new in town? Have you not heard what they've done to our Lord? Have, they not, have you not heard about how he was taken by sinful men and, and scourged to death and sentenced to die on an old rugged cross where, where sinners hung? Have you not heard about this man, Jesus of Nazareth, who Pontius Pilate gave over to the, to the councils and to the people of Judea and Jerusalem to crucify? And then the Bible says that he opened the scriptures and began to the Old Testament. How that he was with them there in the wilderness, a cloud by day and a fire by night, and manna from heaven. And on and on. And I ain't got time to go through all this other uh, passage uh, for another sermon. But uh, Warren Wiersbe said this as they read the Old Testament, they saw the glory but not the suffering, the crown, but not the cross. The teachers in that day were not unlike some of the success preachers today, blind to the total message of the Bible. That was some Bible conference. Imagine the greatest teacher explaining the greatest themes from the greatest book and bringing the greatest blessing to men's lives. He opened their eyes to see him, hearts open to receive the word, and lips open to tell others what Jesus said to them. He showed himself to, to Mary Magdalene and the other women and to, to the two men on the road to Emmaus. He then revealed himself to Peter and his half-brother James in Luke 24 and verse 34 and 1 Corinthians 15, 7. And at the evening he appeared to his disciples but not Thomas, because Thomas wasn't there in Luke 24, 36 through 43. Then he visited the, the disciples again eight days later just to show himself to Thomas. Now, a week before this event, Thomas, when, when he heard that Jesus revealed himself, 
He said, I'm not going to believe until I can see him. Now, I'm, I'm not going to believe that he's alive until I can embrace him and, and put my, my hands and, and touch his nail prints and, and thrust my hand into his side where they pierced him. I ain't going to believe until I get to do that. And ever since Thomas said that, everybody since that time has referred to Thomas as Doubting Thomas because he said, I will not believe. I don't believe Thomas was a doubter. I believe Thomas was full of faith. But what he was saying was, I want to embrace the Lord. I want to see for myself what you got to see, what these men got to see. Thomas wanted to see him. Thomas wanted to embrace him and love on him and hug him and, and thank him for what he'd done. I don't believe Thomas was a doubter. I believe he was a faithful servant of the Lord. Let me ask you this. Will you embrace the Lord today? If you hadn't already, will you embrace him and come to your life? Next, then he visited them again eight days later and showed himself to Thomas in uh, John 20 and 26 through 31. Then after that, he showed himself to seven apostles while they were fishing in John 21. There, Peter, now this was shortly after Jesus had left, and Peter said, I go fishing. Peter was upset. He was, I'm sure, angry. He was saddened. He was discouraged. Probably didn't know what else to do. He said, I'm going fishing. Because that's what he knew to do. That's what he knew how to do. He was a career fisherman. And some of the others said, well, we're going with you. Let's go. And the Bible says they toiled all night, but they caught nothing. And early in the morning, Jesus came to them and asked them, have you any meat? And they said, no. We've toiled all night. We ain't caught a fish. Then Jesus said, cast your net on the right side. Can you imagine what Peter thought? He thought, well, that man's crazy. I know what I'm doing out here on this boat. I've, I've cast my net on the right side and on the left side. On the left side. But now Jesus is commanding them to cast their net on the right side. And when they did, the Bible says, and they brought in fishes to the full. I believe it broke the net. Then they went and dined with Jesus on the shore after that. Lastly, he was seen several more times to the apostles before his ascension, teaching them and preparing them for their ministry. And that's what I read to you in Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 12. This morning, the key to understanding the Bible is to see Jesus Christ on every page. The key to understanding the Bible is to see Christ on every page. That was one weird thing. I'm going to read something to you that I found from MoodyBible.org. It says, His resurrection assures us that our future is safe and secure. Without Christ's resurrection, we would have no salvation from sin and no hope for our own future resurrection. The empty tomb is proof of Christ's deity. It guarantees the future resurrection of believers. The resurrection of Christ also provides believers with spiritual power today. The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is evidence that God will one day judge the world in righteousness. I'm glad he's not here. Amen. But I'm even more thankful that he's coming back. I'm glad he's not in that tomb anymore. 
but he is a risk. He is alive. Praise the Lord this morning. He is, uh, in, in Hebrews, I believe it is, it says that he is sitting on the right hand of the throne of God. And he's there making intercession for you and I. Warren Wiersbe, I've got two more quotes from Warren. Dr. Wiersbe, and it says, It has well been said that the only work of man now in heaven is the marks of Calvary on the body of the exalted Savior. When the believers discovered that Jesus was alive, it made a tremendous difference in their lives. Friend, today I want, I want to let you know that if you will come to know the Lord Jesus and the power of His resurrection and let it transform your life, I promise you it will make a tremendous difference in your life. You might not have the nicest vehicle. You might not ever get the nicest house or the nicest boat or anything like that. But praise God, your name can be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You won't have to worry about whether you uh, are going to die lost and go to hell. You won't have to worry about uh, dying in the middle of the night. Listen, when I was lost, I can remember, and I, I got saved when I was 14 years old. And I know that's sort of young to get born again, but I can remember when the Lord started dealing with my heart, laying in the middle of my, my bedroom late at night, worrying if I was going to wake up the next morning. And I would beg God to give me another day. But thanks be unto God, on March 23rd of 2010, I didn't have to go to bed worrying where I was going. Because that night, I met the risen Savior. And I asked Him to come into my heart and to cleanse my soul from sin, that I might be born again. And that if He would save me, I promised Him this, and I remember this as, as it was yesterday. The very night I got right with the Lord, I told him, I said, Lord, if you'll save me, I'll live for you until the day that I die. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And about three months later, he began dealing with me to preach the gospel. But it was June the, 11th, June the 10th of 2011 when I finally accepted the call that the Lord had put on my heart a year prior to that. Thank God this morning, our Savior, our King, our Lord, He is alive forevermore. He has put under His feet His enemies, and He has made His enemies His footstool, and He is sitting in heaven waiting for God the Father to, to release Him to come back to this earth and to claim His people. I'm glad this morning. So we see why he was not there in that tomb. He conquered death and hell. His angels rolled that stone away and he visited his people for 40 days. But today, the reason why he's not in that tomb is because he's sitting in heaven at the altar where his sacrifice has been laid, where the blood that was shed at Calvary is still flowing. Praise God. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. Thank God this morning, that's why He's not here. He's in heaven waiting for those that would bow before Him and seek His face and call upon the name of the Lord to be saved and to be born again. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad He's alive. And I'm glad He's not in that tomb anymore. So let me ask you this. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Luke 24 and verse 5. 
The angels asked him, they said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here, for he is risen. He's not here. Thank God, but you can find him. He ain't far, amen. He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake to you when he's yet in Galilee. Praise the Lord this morning. I'm glad that he's not here, but I'm also glad he's not far. Because if you'll just humble yourself with a broken and contrite spirit and call upon the name of the Lord, you'll find him. You'll find him. Because he won't turn a deaf ear to you. Praise the Lord this morning. I'm thankful for you tuning in with us this morning. Uh, I'm thankful uh, for each of you uh, supporting this internet uh, ministry that we are trying to do for the Lord. Uh, thank you for giving to it. Thank you for uh, praying for it. That's the most important thing that you can do is pray for this ministry. Uh, I know that it takes finances and money to, to support it and, and to pay the bills and, and things like that. But the most important thing you can do for us right now during this uh, pandemic is pray for us. Pray for our ministry. Pray for our church. Uh, I believe that uh, when this is all said and done, uh, I believe we're going to be uh, uh, more effective for the Lord uh, than ever. And uh, I, I pray that that is true. I pray that we see many souls come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that we see his house full when we get to gather back. I pray that every pew has eight people on it because that'll be full. It'll be maxed out, praise the Lord. But um, anyway, thank you this morning. Uh, I apologize for our uh, technical difficulties with the music uh, this morning. I apologize for that. Uh, but thank you so much for tuning in and joining us this Easter uh, to celebrate our risen Lord. Uh, so thank you. Uh, we'll be back with you next Sunday at 11 a.m. And y'all just pray for us. And we, we are so excited uh, to get to get to do this for you. So uh, I'm going to close in prayer. Uh, Brother Joe, if you don't mind, if you could throw that uh, offering, the, the giving back up just uh, while we close. Uh, there it is for you on your screen. Uh, you can see our giving options. If you so feel led to give, uh, please do. Please do. It, it, won't, uh, it won't be used in vain, I promise you. So I hope you have a, a blessed Easter and, and just have a, a wonderful day today. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today as home as we know how. And Father, we're just so thankful uh, for you and for, for what this day represents. I'm glad today, Lord, uh, that it's not about the Easter bunny or hunting Easter eggs or, or eating the candy or eating the cakes and, or uh, uh, any of that. But Lord, I'm so thankful uh, that today represents the day that our Lord came forth out of that grave. He's alive. The death could not hold him. Thank God today that we have a Savior sitting on the throne in heaven that if we have sin, that we can come and confess our faults to you. And the Bible says that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, I'm asking today, if there's somebody that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, God that has sin in their heart, I ask that they would please uh, pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways that you might forgive their sin and that you might uh, uh, allow them to be born again and have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Father, I pray that you'll be with us this week. I pray that you'll protect us. I ask God that you continue 
working. I pray, God, that you'd heal our land from this uh, COVID-19. I ask, God, that you'd heal our people. God, heal our land that we might once again come into the house of worship and praise your holy name. Father, we love you. God, be with us today. And Lord, just uh, uh, be with each one that's tuned in live today. Father, we love you. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.